David, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. What is more important, your work or your children? Work. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Easy question. Easy answer. Family. Number one, always. Well, God, number one. Family, number two. Everything else, a distant third. Yeah, man. This, this is a great conversation that we have, Jim Shields. Uh, the book, Family Board Meeting, we both have uh, read and implemented it. And we uh, dive into this topic uh, of, of family, uh, putting that first as a priority. And it's it's a really, really good conversation. Yeah, I loved it. You know, love the book. A uh, huge fan of 18 Summers as well. And and Jim Shields and his family uh, is just such a huge inspiration. And, and really what I love about it, it's a, it's a quick read, small book, but will give you life-changing advice. You just have to schedule it because what is on your schedule is what happens. That's right. Go listen and then go implement. Eat it. You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. All right. I am really, really excited about this conversation. Uh, we've uh, We've... Tried to schedule this a few times with Jim, and Jim, you're a busy man, and uh, we understand uh, all the all the challenges and the conflicts of of, of scheduling. But uh, we're excited about this. Um, this is a book, the family board meeting that that Jim wrote that uh, David and I have implemented ourselves into our own family life, and it's been an amazing transformation for our family. So, really excited to get into this conversation, Jim. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule to be here with us. No, um, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, and congrats on your recent retirement. And thanks for the last twenty you guys put in. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. You know, we've we've definitely had uh, some challenges with uh, that that uh, change in in our daily lives, um, and we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast. But uh, it's been good. It's been really good. I'm growing my hair out to kind of follow your your form of the, wow, of the long flows and locks. And, a surfer hippie now, huh? That's what right, you? man. That's right. There's no yeah. surfing here in, in Colorado, but he's I'm a little to... farther behind you. But I'm growing it out. No, man, check it out. It's coming out nicely. It's uh, like no. This. this is like this is like the hippie cut for me, man. I gotta get a razor <laughs> to this really quick, really quick. <laughs> I love it. Jim, so if you could, um, for those that uh, haven't read the book, um, don't know you know much about your background, if you could give us a little bit of a backstory about uh, kind of who you are, what you did, what you're currently doing, um, and then how it came to, to how you came to write this book. Yeah, um, first of all, I just want to make clear, even though I I try to support families, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a you know, PhD and this or that. I'm just a entrepreneur dad of five that just wanted to have family life different and make the most of it, you know, and that really happened about 12 years ago. I had a, a pretty, um, you know, you hit these points of critical and you just can't be the same person. I'm sure there's probably times in the service you guys went to that. And for, for my points of critical, you know, there was a point in my life where I was, uh, I was reviving my real estate investment company from near extinction from the 08 meltdown. Um, I was in the process of uh, adopting my two oldest sons and I'm now I have five children, but, you know, part of my story is, you know, becoming an instant family with my wife and adopting her two young sons to help them overcome some real terrible things they had to go through, unfortunately. 
Um, and I was also in, been just approved to, uh, to donate a kidney to my father. Um, so I'm not a veteran, but I donated a kidney to one. So there you um, go. So that's my claim for you guys. I haven't done what you guys have done, but that was my big support, I think. And, you know, when you hit those things, when you're growing a business and growing your family and you've gone through miscarriages, I donated the kidney to my father. I, I just couldn't look at family life the same ever again. I think you hit a point of critical and you're just not the same person, you know, and that's not a bad thing either. I think I became a better person, a more aware person, someone that appreciated the time we have and, and realized that it is fleeting. It's not guaranteed. And, you know, you guys would know that only too well, unfortunately. So I just, I wanted to make sure that we could find solutions that weren't as complicated as we made the problem. And I started to really, from my own story of sharing, of stepping into this instant family, becoming a dad for, for a busy entrepreneur of a seven and five-year-old, man, I wanted to get this right. I wanted to do this right. I wanted to have the family life my dad wanted to provide for us, but he couldn't, but also with the quality time. And, uh, and I put some things into practice that were, were simple, repetitive, and they got great results. I mean, incredible results. And, uh, and that's, that's what really got me in front of a lot of entrepreneur crowds with a message I was uncomfortable sharing. I, I, I didn't want to share it, to be honest. It was not natural forte to talk about deeper relational things for, for a North Jersey kid. It just wasn't in my, my DNA. Um, but I'm glad I did, uh, because what I did is I found that, yeah, I want us all to be successful in business, but I want to be successful at home. And if I could help uncover some simple pathways and and guides and strategies to help people do that, then um, then I, I felt on purpose. And so I think with the book, you know, the principles that I share are so powerful, so easy to understand, so easy to put to work and see real results that's why I wrote the book, um, because I, I I felt that people couldn't get you 100% of the way there, but I could get you 80% of the way there by putting some of these into practice. Well, yeah, you know, and I love that, Jim, because I think most most of us, especially those that are high performing, whether you're military, you're entrepreneurial, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're running hard. I think most of us sit between zero and 10%. And so 80% is just a, is a hugely significant jump and nobody's ever going to be, you know, we talk about this in our mastermind all the time. We, we have this will and there's, there's a 10 on it, a hundred percent. And, and I'll tell you, I never want to hit a hundred percent because that means I've achieved some level of, of content, or I guess some level of, I don't want to get better. Right. And so that, that 10, that, that 10 is always elusive. That hundred percent is always elusive, but, but continually growing and growing and growing and pushing it further to be better, I think is, is such an awesome thing. And I love the intentionality of the book and it's been very transformative for, for both Stu and I. And, and, and as we go forward and, and our mastermind pushing your message, it just transforms things. And, and I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what have you seen as the biggest barrier? What, what causes, you know, what is the biggest excuse that men are using? And I say men, but it's really, my wife's reading the book right now, but it's, you know, what is the biggest barrier that causes people to say, well, I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't take this step. Cause it's not, these things are not hard, right? The book does not, it's not impossible. It doesn't require a ton of money. It's, it's very achievable. So what, what is, what keeps us from doing it? Yeah. One, one of the, one of the biggest things, I'll start with the most simple, is that which we schedule gets done. 
And, you know, this is about scheduling quality time individually with the people you love. It, it really is that simple. I mean, I hate to give the, the paper napkin breakdown of my book, but that's what it's about. And look, you know, could you guys imagine in your service if you were planning for a special operation and you weren't scheduling your practice time, you weren't scheduling your strategy sessions? Like, man, that's going to be a failed mission. And I, I, I'm talking guys worth $150 million, or like, I read the book, can't do it. I'm like, well, have you scheduled it? Well, no, I haven't scheduled. What's, why do I, I feel impersonal putting it on the calendar. You know, when we schedule a date with my wife, for example, like, like guys, I appreciate you, but I'm not doing a podcast with you Wednesdays, 530 to 830. That's date night. I'm not available. I'm not going to clients. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, you know, kids sports things. That's for me and my wife. And when you schedule it, things get done. Same thing with my kids now. So a lot of the times, because they just won't schedule it, David, you know, they don't, they don't schedule it. And that's the starting point to put these principles to work. The second thing is there is an underlying um, lack that no one wants to talk about that we're not good enough, uh, especially for, for, for men. You know, I'm, I am, I am sexually biased where I say we are less emotionally involved, uh, evolved. Um, for my general thing of what I've seen, men are less evolved emotionally. And so it's very uncomfortable to possibly have that one on time. And not only that, we, we have a pretty nasty little dude on our shoulder that says, oh, we're not good enough uh, for service guys. And I've worked with a lot of service, you know, while I was gone for so long. So, you know, screw it. It's too late. Like I've already missed those first seven years. I was I was doing what I had to do for my family and the country, but now I've messed it. So they they down talk themselves so much like they don't deserve the time. It's too late. I'm too far behind the eight ball. Those are the two big things that I see. They won't schedule. And then they they already have that little negative dude on their shoulder saying, oh, this is too simple. It's not going to make that much of a difference. There's just this self-defeating voice um, that keeps playing. That's powerful, man. Yeah, we, we had a, a guest on our podcast early on that that uh, said something that has stuck with us ever since. He said that, um, you know, you can tell the most important things in your life by looking at your calendar and your checkbook. And, you know, if, if you aren't putting things on your calendar that are important to you, that you're not prioritizing, it's not a priority to you. And so, you know, David and I have done exactly what, you, what you're talking about here. We've We've put date nights on the calendar with our spouses. We put the board meetings and the date, the date days, date nights with our kids uh, on the calendar, putting, you know, exercise and, you know, mental yeah. health, you know, time, all the morning routines, all that stuff is on the calendar and you prioritize it and you follow it. Um, and it makes a huge difference uh, in your daily life, in your daily routine. If you have stuff on the calendar, you're following it. Yeah. You know, I'm I curious. Call, Go ahead. I call them rhythms. I call rhythms. them rhythms. Yeah, I, I love music. If you guys love music, what it's, we call them rhythms in our house. And I talk about that in the book. Well, yeah. rhythms, you know, your favorite songs, whatever they are, you know, you listen to that drum beat, that drum beat keeps the rhythm of the good song, you know, bump, 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 bump. And, and these things we're talking about are simple rhythms. They keep the harmony in your life if, if you'll make them and stick with them. And some people say, oh, I set these rhythms. You go to date night every Wednesday, 5.30, 8.30. That sounds bland and boring and routine. It's the opposite. It's yeah. the, oh, you, you plan a day every quarter with each of your kids. That's going to get bland, boring, and routine. My oldest son is 19 now. He still says, man, I appreciate how dad takes one-on-one -on -one time. That's from a 19-year-old. 
That's cool. So it doesn't take away freedom or, or, or excitement. It adds it. Yeah. That's really cool. Hey, you know, if you could, um, I reread your book just recently and, and this, the story that you kind of start with this story of taking your friend to Al- alcohol anonymous and understanding the background of that and all these individuals having entrepreneur, uh, family members, entrepreneur dads. Can you give us a little background about that and the story behind that? Because I think it was, it's so powerful, you know, for those of us leaving military, going to an entrepreneur world, you can just get into the cycle of working all the time, bringing work home nonstop. Like there's something there that that you hit on in the beginning of this book that uh, is really, really powerful. Yeah, it was interesting. That was actually the end of a 60-day detox rehab for someone that I was close to. And I went to this and I got invited on the final days where they're trying to bring it in. And it was a small group of a, you know, pretty, uh, you know, pretty um, top-notch rehab facility. And it was interesting. They get all of the family and the people together and everyone's going around. Every single person had a successful business. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. And the way that they were talking and they're, they're trying to talk about, there is no substitute for quality time. I'll remember the, uh, the head counselor and there's some arguments. They're not showing responsibility um, for their lack of presence, you know? Um, And what I saw was this, this really strange wheel that I wasn't around but I was, I'm able, I've made the money to be able to pay for this expensive rehab. Do you see where, where this, where, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Then? Yeah, right. I, I, well, if we couldn't afford this, well, but what was the big cause of this? And no one wants to talk about this. So there is a, there is a, 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 an integration here that needs to be done. You know, of yes, you, you got to provide for your family. But presence is just as important. Consistency is just as important. And if I've learned anything, and I've worked with some really sad cases, some of them, my closest friends, you know, that have gone to the route of addiction and overdose, they were given uh, an ATM card without uh, accountability or or anyone overseeing it. And that's a really bad combination. Um, so I think that what I've learned is not private schools, not um, fancy rehabs or institutions. I mean, there's no substitute for quality time. When I've seen when we want to try to hedge the risks of our children, and we all have some pretty scary concerns, um, but but consistent quality time is one of the best offenses and defenses I've seen. And I've worked with thousands of families now. Yeah, you know, you hit on two things that that I, I want to reemphasize. So the calendar piece, right? You know, one of the... One of the things that we talk about quite a bit is this idea that that it's sterile. It's in your calendar, so it's sterile, right? And my my question always back is, okay, well, that's that's cool. This month I've had four dates with my wife. How many have you had? Exactly. Zero. Okay. How many times have you dated your kid? Zero. That's interesting. So I would rather there be an appearance of sterile or scheduling or not spontaneous, not, you know, it's not being the, the, the lack of spontaneity, but actually doing yeah. it is, is much more important. And that's to your point of being present, right? That there's this, you know, we need to get past the idea because it, you're not doing it now. 
So try it. Try scheduling it. Well, and, yeah, and, and see and, the impact. And especially for your military, I mean, you guys know better than every anyone. I mean, there's certain precisions that they create effectiveness. Like for me, every Wednesday, 530 to 830. Look, I am a fire red ADD entrepreneur and I'll mess it up. If I if we're first of all, we're trying to switch it every week. Oh, I might go over this. We'll do this. I mean, we have five kids, so we need, you know, our babysitter. Like if it's a standing day of every Wednesday, 530 to 830, my EA knows not to schedule me for anything. Our babysitter knows she needs to be here. I really don't want to travel. Like if I don't travel anywhere near as much as I used to, but I'm going to say, no, fly me out early Thursday morning. And, and so in that time of those three hours, I'm regrounding with my wife every week. You know, it keeps emotions high, excitement high, love life high, all those things. But like you said, all these people are like, oh, that sounds boring. I'm going to go by the seat of my pants. Okay. How has that been working for you? You know, when I've yeah. been in some pretty big groups, I mean, some big business organization groups, I'll say to them, like, how many of you can tell me, you know, the day and time you meet with your CFO or sales team every week? Oh, and they all raise their hand. And I'll say, how many of you can name the day and time every week you meet with your spouse for a date? And it's less than 10% of the hands go up. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like the, the date is, the, the day and the time is routine. Man, in, in those three hours though, I mean, we're having a shitload of fun. Like we're, you know, planning yeah. something and doing that. And there's always something to look forward to. And for my wife, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this. For me, it's like, she has my attention. She knows that's coming in just a few days. And when she knows she's going to be able to talk to me, like it doesn't feel like they're getting pushed to the side. Like they, they really have the chance to possibly get something off their chest, to discuss something they're concerned with and not in between rushing from this, that, hey, see you later, I'm taking this call. Uh, it, it's it's real focus. Well, yeah, and it's powerful because the people around you also know. And I think that that, you know, there's nothing greater than living, by, you know, influence by doing, right? We could talk about it all day, but when you're, when your assistant knows, hey, Wednesday is date night, like that, that has an impact on your assistant. That has an impact on on their life and and how they perceive what they want in the future and and, it, and it's an awesome way to to not only live but to influence and 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 to to bring positive to others, which I think is is, is absolutely phenomenal. And then the other point you that 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 you said, and it it popped in my head is the the when then thinking right. Well, when I achieve X Y Z in my business, then I'll have time to spend with my kids. Then I'll well. What we've seen, and really the foundation, one of the biggest foundations of why we started our, our men's mastermind is because we were seeing the the then was gone. And, oh, yeah. and then what existed was regret. And I wish I would have and potentially rehab. And maybe the family's not even there anymore because when you were doing things, well, now they're gone. Because they needed somebody else. They needed a dad. They needed a husband. They needed presence. And so that when then thinking is so poisonous. Go, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, you're hitting all the nails on the head. And what what we have to remember is the years are not all created equal. I mean, that's a saying a, a friend of mine is a big author said, David Bach. He was at one of our retreats and he taught me that saying. And what he meant was, what your five-year-old spends time with you like is not what your 25-year-old is going to spend time with. Uh, that's why I, I created our company's called 18 Summers because it's a simple math equation. You know, studies have shown the average person will spend 85% of the quality time they ever have with their children by the end of the 18th summer. 
Think about that for a minute. So what does that do to every person listening here? They're doing that simple math, 18 minus seven, 18 minus nine, right? And, and these are just stats. And what I believe is that's the average person. Do you, can you extend that? Yes, I think you can if you're intentional. But it also means the years are not all created equal. And there used to be this horrible, horrible advice out there. Look, put your advice, put your head down for the next five years and get it done. You know, your family will understand. Look, usually then someday never comes and your family won't understand. And a lot of the time, sometimes they'll be gone. But what I found is they're not gone normally. But if they really, re if you had to be honest, I mean, really honest, that your family views you as a stranger. You know, you are just simply a part-time disciplinarian, um, an ATM machine, you know, maybe just a roommate, you know, and those types of disconnections when they happen, like you were hitting on, there's three dominating emotions, guilt, depression, and bitterness. And you tell me the person who can be at their, their top of their game personally or professionally when guilt, bitterness, and depression are dominating. You just can't. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Stu, before your question, one thing yeah. you said also I just want to highlight is we had a guest recently and that advice, he 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 took that advice and he said, but the problem with the five years, I think he said three to five. He said he took the three to five head down advice and he, his, uh, his comment was, unfortunately, they don't tell you that 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 initial business, that three to five may not be the one that succeeds. So then you have to put your head down for another three to five. Man. And yeah, for him, always, he, yeah, we're always, always right. We're always hitting a new benchmark, right? Well, what yeah. the three of us might be sitting out here today and saying, we need to get to the next five years of it. And we're like, holy shit, we've done really well. That five years ago, us would have been pretty happy, but there's that continual growth, which is a good thing. But also if it's coming at the cost of saying, look, I can't have a weekly date night and I can't spend a day a quarter with my kids because I got to put my head down. There is something out of whack there. If you can't implement rhythms into your growth, I think that's completely out of whack and regret will be absolutely dominating. Yeah. And we've seen it and we, we saw ourselves going there, you know, as we were sure. kind of finishing up our Navy careers, we were heads down focused on building our own real estate business. And you know, I saw, I, I was up at 4 a.m., you know, 4 to 6 a.m. working on the real estate business. Then I go to my Navy job and I wasn't focused on my Navy job. I wasn't giving the time and effort to my Navy sailors that I was leading because I was so busy trying to build this business on the side. I'd go do that for, you know, all day long. I'd come home, I'd spend a little time with my family, have dinner, play with them for a little bit. And then I'd go right back to like being on my phone, you know, answering emails, taking phone calls, raising capital, you know, till midnight. I wasn't giving any time to my to my wife. I wasn't giving any time, true time, like quality time, like you talk about in the book. And and I saw myself like just slowly growing apart from my family. And I had this like, uh, you know, this mentor of ours like gave us this exercise to, hey, look at what you're doing now. Visualize what your life looks like in five to ten years if you don't change anything. And I saw my wife and I just going apart and being roommates. And living separate lives. She was doing her own thing. I was doing my own thing. And I have friends that this has happened to. Oh, yeah. They've, they've been married for 15 years and they just grew apart and have anything in common. And they were just roommates with kids. And yeah. it's really, really sad. It is. It's really sad. And I so, think that you hit on an important thing. One of the principles I talk about in the book is intermittent tech fasting. Mm. 
You know, you guys have probably heard of intermittent yeah. fasting. You both look healthy and fit. You know, intermittent fasting, there's been a lot of studies on organ revitalization, weight maintenance, you know, muscle tone, all, all sorts of benefits, right? You're not giving up eating, yeah. right? But you're saying, I'm going to eat between this time and this time. What I found with, with the phone is, or the laptop, whatever you want to call it, but normally the phone, you, you have to have times of complete and total unavailability. If, if there's always that ability for that dreaded inside your pocket, you will never be completely present. And as soon as it hits, your brain's going to go into seven different directions. So this is the power of rhythmizing and have, being all in or all out. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm half in. Yeah, I'm playing with my kids, but I, but I have the phone at the park. Or you're, you're, you're at neither place right? You're all in or you're all out. I'm going to take calls. I'm not available to like right now. I'm taking it from my home office. I can't play with my kids. I'm on with you guys. But if I'm getting off and I'm doing an hour lunch with them, you guys aren't getting me either. You see what I mean? So these, this intermittent tech fasting is really important. Just be available, be unavailable. But don't, it, there used to be that you know badge of honor. I'm available 24 seven for my real estate investors. Yeah, F that. Like I'm available for this yeah. time and then I'm available for this time for my family and me and my workout. And, you know, so that intermittent fasting, that intermittent tech fasting, once people start to see that and they have their, their, they, they have shut off periods, date night guys, man, did I mess up date night in the beginning where I, how rude of me to answer a text, an email, yeah. stupid Facebook thread that doesn't matter to anything, you know, it, it like that's not allowed anymore. My kids days, you will never, ever, ever see my phone on. The only thing I'll have is airplane mode to snap one or two pictures. Cause I want to commemorate that for the next, you know, however many years, but having that, having that tech, that's going to free back up time and give you that, you know, do you guys remember in um, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire? He, he's, he, by accident, he's learned his powers. He flings the, the, this, this, the tray onto, onto the big bully and he's going in the yeah. big bully. He's just realizing the big boys. He throws that punch. And it's kind of like, he is so aware. He's like, he's looking at the punch getting thrown. He's watching it. And he just has such an awareness and like a, a completeness of seeing it all coming. That's how I feel when I turn off my phone sometimes now, because yeah. there's nothing that's going to get to me. There's nothing that's going to distract me. I'm fully there. So anyway, for what that's worth. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. And, you know, and, and I see it, we've seen it a lot in, in this real estate investing world that, that we're all a part of. You know, there's the same thing, like a beat in my chest, like I'm grinding, I'm hustling, I'm working my tail off, you know, I'm working all hours of the day and night and more doors, more income, more passive, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> like it's a bunch of crap and there's a lot of it out there, unfortunately. Um, and so, you know, along with you, we're trying to, to change this message of it's, it's not the most important thing in your life, right? No, no. Providing super important. I mean, there sure. is a primal thing of we want to provide for our family, want to protect our family. But sometimes this was a mentor kicking me in there. Sometimes you just got to be there to love them. And if you're just always, you know, in providing mode or in protection mode, you're not taking the space to love them and enjoy them. And we got to keep that balance. You know, there it, it is a three-legged stool here. And if you got two legs on the bar stool, you know, have fun sitting on it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and we, you know, we've been uh, really hitting hard recently of, hey, what does it mean to provide? So, yes, we agree wow. 100% great, great with, all, with all you men out there. Uh, 
providing is a critical function for what we do to our families. But what does that mean? Is that just bringing them a paycheck? Or does it, like you said, Jim, maybe providing is just providing a little bit of love. Maybe providing is providing your presence, your ears, your advice, you know, and it's hard to do those things to truly provide if you're not present. And yeah. I, and I think, you know, even, even the cell phone thing, that's on my, I'm sorry, the tech that's on my calendar from four to six every day says phone down kids time. And it's in the calendar, right? Yeah. Because if you want to honor it, you know, like you said, if it's not scheduled, it's not going to happen. And so for me, you know, and Stu's the same, and I'm sure for you too, Jim, you know, we are, we are very much type a driven want to crush business, but, but, there, but we want to crush family too, right. In a good way. We want to crush family time. We want to be present. We want to provide, and we want to be the example. We want to be that man that our kids are looking at, that our wives looking at and saying, man, that, that guy, you know, he's, at a minimum, he's trying really, really hard. And yeah. and at the best, you know, hey, he's crushing it. He's doing a great job. My dad, my dad is the guy. And so I and you know, I love you know how how you how you just emphasize that. And then one other thing you said that that I think is so important that that people do not hit on. And that is if you're an entrepreneur, or you're a businessman, or whatever, you know, you just in in business. Divorce and all the the uh, negative traits as you highlight the depression, the bitterness. Those things are very, very expensive and detrimental to business. Huge. Huge. Right? How, how to cut your wealth in, in half and then some. And your emotional stability and happiness by even more. Um, it's, yeah, I've just, I've heard so many expensive lessons, guys, you know, because, you know, getting into this book that I didn't want to write and then all of a sudden being asked to speak and then hosting family retreats for years, these guys who are pretty influential and, and leaders in their industry were complete failures at home and they were in pain, you know, and I'll take it to an even bigger one. I tell this story about Steve Jobs, you know, Steve Jobs, there was uh, his, his um, biographer's name was Walter Isaacson. And right after Steve passed away, someone sent me the article and the article talked about that Steve Jobs spent his final days with his biographer doing interviews to explain to his wife and children why he wasn't there for them. And Jobs was quoted as saying, I wanted my family to know who I was. I wasn't always there for them. And I wanted to explain why and for them to understand. You know, it's pretty powerful. And supposedly this guy Isaacson, the biographer, right there in his, you know, near to his deathbed said, Steve, are you, are you glad you had a family? Are you glad you had children? And Steve fired right back. And what he said was, it was 10,000 times better than anything I'd ever done. So it's, you know, and I, I think of that where, you know, and first when I read this and it was what I needed to hear, this is again, bringing back the business in the process of adopting my two sons, just got approved by the Mayo Clinic to, to donate the kidney to my father and get hit with all these things. And I'm that eight personality business guy. And, you know, it, it hit me pretty hard that, uh, that this was happening. I tried to deny this story like, wow, Steve Jobs, he had a reputation for being a jerk. That's not me. But I thought, what if the rug of health was pulled out from me right at that moment? W would I be in the same situation six months from now doing final interviews to do the same thing? You know, because I constantly did those new benchmarks and this and that. Um, and so that was that was a really powerful lesson for me. Uh, and and I again, Steve Jobs, I don't know him. Obviously, I could never compare to his business accomplishments, possibly one of the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. But what we all have heard in different philosophies is a person receives extreme clarity at the end of their life.
And that was the most influential thing I ever learned from Steve Jobs and all the business readings was, I think he left me some very important clues with those final interviews and that final thing of what he said. And it's like, look, I want to be a leader in my industry with my real estate investment company, but I want to be famous at home. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if I have the giant murals or the candlelight vigils from a bunch of real estate investors, if my family knows me as a stranger. So, you know, and that might take some pressure off of people out there too. Like, uh, you know, it, it redefines, you know, as you said, what is providing, what is success? Well, what's cool is you mentioned the vigils and, and I think the vigils that, that are, that you're going to have are going to be a bunch of dudes and a bunch of, well, a bunch of men and women who your book opened their eyes to a different level of intentionality with family that changed their lives more than any real estate deal ever could. Right. And, and this is coming from a real estate investor as well. We, we, we built real estate businesses and, I, and I'll tell you this book was more transformative within the walls of my house, which has been much more significant than any number of doors that I could even conceive of, of, of ever closing on period. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I really appreciate that. And if that happens like happy man, like, Stamp that. I'm I'm good. I'm well, good. you'll be dead, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I'll, be, I'll be dead, and uh, and and I'll 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 be high fiving from the other side. But it's like I'm, that's that's great for me. And and on the other case, look here. Here's all I can tell you, and this is where it's like you you have to you got to be yourself on this because I didn't want to write this book. I didn't know that it would go viral. Um, it was very uncomfortable. I mean, you guys see the things I write about. I don't know what a perfect family looks like. I would have no idea. We're not a perfect family. We didn't come from perfection. The things we had to overcome, it's not about perfection. It's about bridging our imperfections, making the most of the time. But I got to tell you guys, with this book, like what you guys are doing with your mastermind and you're showing your, your true self, your whole self, you are going to attract more real estate. It just happens. Um, as long as you're doing an integrity within not some clickbait shit. Like I didn't want to write this book and it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to write this and it's going to have, I just said, this could really help families. My real estate business has grown because of this book. Never my intention, never thought. In fact, most people said, oh, you can either go with this book or real estate. I said, well, I don't know. The book came out of my real estate rights yeah. and wrongs and now. And so my whole point of this is, is don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't be afraid to do what you're doing in the mastermind because you could share something that's going to help people. And then it comes back to you. I've gotten some incredible trips and experiences from this book. Now um, I've teamed up with some people to do bigger real estate deals that hold my values. Like I'm about value-based decision. If I don't want to introduce you to my wife and children, I don't really want to work with you. I'm at that stage in my life. Life's too short, but guess what? This book has attracted those people to me to do some cool things and, and that. So as long as you're not trying to lead with that, with some, again, sort of, you know, really slimy clickbait, which I, I never thought this would go anywhere. We're talking about an $800 budget. My wife was breastfeeding our kid when we first launched this first one. I got on two really big podcasts because they saw me speak that I never thought would put me on and boom, here it goes, international. So for what that's worth, the reason I'm telling you that is, you know, be true to what you guys are doing. Be true to what you believe in, you know, and if you try to make an impact in a positive way, it's okay to be different. You know, who's going to, who wants a family talk at a business event? Well, no one, you know, that's gotten me in a lot more doors uh, authentically than than any sort of here's my best real estate technique ever could. That's awesome, man. It's, uh, 
it's it's motivating for us to to keep on going and to keep pushing our message. I, I appreciate that. Um, hey, let's get back to let's get down to some tactics. I, I'm curious about. Um, so for one, just quickly, you know, I want people to go read the book, but just could you explain just what the board meeting is, what the family board meeting is, the tactics behind it, and then I want to kind of dive into some of the the focus reflection time because I think that. Um, out of anything personally, I think for me, that's where I found the most purpose and, mm-hmm. and fulfillment in this quality time, uh, that conversation, that, that reflection time that comes after the fun. Yeah. So I, like I said before, I'm all about rhythm, keeping the beat, right. Saving me from myself. Yeah. So, you know, date night, every Wednesday, five thirty eight thirty. 30, the book's about a day of intention every quarter with each one of my children. You know, you look at the most successful companies that usually had a quarterly board meeting and quarterly board meeting, at least for the more entrepreneurial companies with a good culture, it was about reuniting the team and looking forward to the next 90 days. And when I started, you know, with my sons, I called them gym days. Now they call me dad. This is when I was first adopting them. And I offered them these coupons. And I said, we're going to do a quality day every quarter. And they're like, okay, what's a quarter? I was like, every 90 days, you're going to cash one of these in. And so it was just about scheduling a day where I was fully available just to them, just to them every 90 days, you know, for at least four hours, you know, half day to a day. And, um, you know, that sounds like a lot, but when you schedule it, it gets done. And the book is really about having a day every quarter with each one of my children with three guiding principles. And that was one-on-one intermittent tech fasting and, you know, that fun activity with focused reflection. And that's what the whole book is about. Every quarter I have a meeting. And again, this has been 12 years with, with my oldest, you know, going from, from little tykes to grown men now. Um, and, and that's just, that's the whole book, you know, the power of one-on-one power of, of, like I said, disconnect to reconnect, you know, totally unavailable to my email, to my text, to my, that to fully focus on them, you know, and let them plan the day, go all in. They want to go fishing. I'm going fishing. My daughter wants to have a princess party. I'm a princess for that, you know, few hours. They go to where they want to eat, um, you know, and then at the end, like you were talking about, you know, Stu, that's the focus reflection time. Focus reflection is just saying, hey, what was your favorite part of the day? Um, this is the chance where all of us guys are really tough in one part of the world and wimpy in the other and being vulnerable and just saying, hey, I just really love this time with you. Or there's a chance right at this time after having this day together, going all in with them, having a meal, and then just having a little time to talk. Maybe that's the time where you can say that apology, you know, because we all know we get short, we get impatient, we, we're, we're not present. And they notice, and we try to have that immunity. Well, I'm working hard, I'm providing, I don't need to apologize. Here's the chance where you can really seam up and strengthen the relationship and say, Hey, the other week I was, I was short and raised my voice and was totally out of line and I'm sorry. And that was wrong. Or for some guys out there, Hey, I know this divorce has been hard on you. You know, it's not your fault. I'm sorry. Or it could be that sincere compliment. When I've worked with, with thousands of families now, most people going from us guys to our wives, to the kids, we're all looking for, you know, a genuine compliment and a sincere apology on something. And if this is the time when you can really provide it, and this is the time where your kids are going to open up about stuff that you're like, I can't believe they actually talked to me about this instead of their friends or the internet. And that's what we want, right? So that's what this whole thing is about. A day of intention every 90 days in cadence 
with your child one-on-one, not with the phone on and doing a fun activity that they choose, they design, you go all in on. And then there's some time to talk at the end. That's it. That's this whole paper napkin system. And it works. It's working now with tens of thousands of families um, easily around the world now. Yeah, man. It's, it sounds so easy. And, and it honestly is once you just make it a priority and do it. Um, like I said, that which we schedule gets done. The yeah. number one reason why this fails, it's not the principles. The principles, you guys get it one-to-one time. I mean, I never, I love my dad, but I never got one-on-one time with him ever. Yeah. Well, consistently. I never was taught about you know, tech fasting and what it can do for you, you know, and then now the last one, that's really the principles of experiential education. These things are solid and you're bringing them together for the relationships that you care the most about. They'll work if you schedule them. The gym works and the equipment works there. If you go there four days a week, right? (laughs) Well, it's not that, oh, the equipment doesn't work at the gym. No, you haven't gone to it. You haven't used it. So it's same thing here. Yeah. No, you know, um, you know, David and I talk about this a lot, but one of the most important things uh, for me and, and being a dad that that I that I hope to instill in my kids' lives is um that they come to me for anything, yeah. you know, and, and they 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 are um they they're close enough to me that, you know, when when if, you know, ho- hopefully not like bad stuff happens, they come to me. They open up. They're not scared to come and tell me when, you know, they got drunk and they drove the car, right? They're not scared to come to me when, you know, God forbid they get pregnant or, you know, something like terrible, right? Because like, there are so many kids in this world that won't go to their parents when something bad happens. And so to me, in my mind, as I read this, as I practice this, that is the goal. I want my kids to not be scared to come to me and open up when something bad happens at school, a bully talks to them bad, you know, any of those things that happen, I want to be there to help them and support them through, you know, their tough times. Yeah, I agree. And the thing I think that'll help, and I love that you're saying that, that's, I just saw a good friend of mine posted this short thing about a rabbi. And this rabbi said, I want my kids, you know, I'm sure you guys remember the old school, like, oh, I hope my dad doesn't find out or man, I hope your old man's going to kill you. No, we want he's, he's this rabbi said, I wanted my son to say, like you just said, he got drunk. He got in trouble. I want him to say, and if he's down the police station, I, I, I can't let my dad find out. Like, gosh, I really need to talk to my dad about this. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you're not going to discipline. doesn't mean that you're not going to agree with the value or, or, or the action that was taken, but it's going to be clear, like, yeah, there's going to be consequences, but I'm going to be here for you. That's really, really powerful. Yeah. You know, Jim, something that keeps popping in my head as we're talking to is the fact that, you know, we are responsible for, and we are actively, whether you're intentional about it or not, we're raising adults. Yeah. The, 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 the children that we have, we are instilling in them the values we're instilling in them. Uh, we are instilling something. And so when you talked about, you know, workaholic dads leading to alcoholic kids and and broken families, I think, I think we need to talk about it more that, you know, influence isn't just something that just happens and you hope your kids turn out well. And, and there's this, you know, this, this desire and this hope. No, there's actions that you can take that will literally set the example, but will also at least nothing can ensure success. They're human beings are gonna make decisions on their own, but 
it can at least build a foundation that they can go back to. And it can at least give an example that they can, that they can draw from to make decisions in the future. Right. And I, and I think we too often we're, we're very quick to, to, to pawn off the responsibility as parents to something else, to school, to grandparents, to, to something. And, and I'll tell you, it, it just is not, it, it's, you're setting up these children to be unsuccessful adults. And, and I just don't think we think about those terms enough. And we don't think about our true level of responsibility and the generational impact that things like this have a direct impact. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's some sort of like unwritten rule out there too, that unless you have a teaching degree uh, or a master's in education, you sh- you have no place teaching your children. I think that's complete malarkey. You know, I, I, I've never understood as, you know, you guys are entrepreneurs. I want to take my financial security, my, my wealth into my own hands. I'm not really depending on the government or fancy institutions. That's just a decision that I make. You know, and for a lot of entrepreneurs or guys out there trying to start their own real estate business or companies, you know, I'm all for learning, but I I just, I don't hand the learning completely over for my children to fancy institutions or the government. I'm very involved in my kids learning. I want to be side by side reading books with them or having discussions like we're having now and shame on me if I'm not, you know, if I'm saying, look, the success factor and the impact and purpose factor will go to a 10 if you're involved in something like that that's just that's just a huge thing that involvement is key i have no idea where especially with teaching our children those really core lessons that aren't taught in school where we're actually oh no i don't have a teaching degree oh i can't do that you know no we need to step in and teach those things personal development financial intelligence relationship skills you know this is like kind of that those three are like the core lessons that I tell my kids once they hit sixth grade, look, there's lots of other things you're going to learn you might use. These you are going to use, whether you're, you know, the artist, the athlete, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, you will use these three things. And they're not only going to help you personally, they're help you professionally. And I want you to have success on both sides. And you probably won't learn these in normal school. So I'm going to try to step in and learn these side by side with you because I want to keep learning. Does that sound good? Great. So that's just, I, I'm probably going on a tangent here, but this is something I really believe in. Active participation in your kids' learning in key subjects. Again, offense and defense, that provides two of them. Well, and I think you hit a, an important point. A lot of these things are also things that are not going to learn. They're just, quite frankly, they're not going to learn, or they're going to learn them in the traditional sense, which is, is you know, you look around and most people following the traditional means of financial independence and literacy are, are, are failing, right? It's, it's not, you know, the, these are not good lessons and we should, they're, they're extremely important and we yeah. should be taking ownership and who better to do that than, uh, well, you know, in your case, a successful entrepreneur, maybe you could teach our kids cause we're still on the uh, path to uh, trying to be successful at it. But, but in, in all reality, it's just taking that active role. And being very intentional with it and, and, and developing and your kids, you you said it right there too. Hey, does this sound good? Let's do this together because I want to continue to grow. But there's a lot of lessons in all of that. Not only the specific lessons, the core things you're trying to teach them, but the example that, hey, I am not where I want to be. So let's do this together because there's always room to grow. Just that in and of itself is a, you know, to defeat some of the fixed, excuse me, the fixed mindset and to get after some other lessons that we're teaching our kids so it's, it's all 
wonderful opportunities that can only be realized through intentionality and presence, which, you yeah, know, this intentionality, this, presence, and, and you hit the nail. I mean, that's all really well said. And along with intentionality and presence, you know, kill Superman. This is something that I've gotten really clear on. A seven-year-old cannot relate, honestly. If we, we used to put up these images, I talk about in the book where I, I used to, where it's like, oh, they say, have you ever been afraid? I mean, that at first, the male bravado says, ah, oh, it's awesome. Like thinks that, in, but we all know it's bullshit. Of course you have. You've been terrified. You've been, you know, you, you've had those setbacks, those unknowns. If we, if we put ourselves to our children, we try to hold ourselves in this thing of perfection. We do no wrong. We have no fear. How, how are they going to relate, Rachel? They're going to say, I don't feel that way. I don't feel invincible. I still have fears. I still have things that I don't feel comfortable doing or this or that. If we put up, first of all, it's not true. And secondly, it's going to put a huge divide in them wanting to open up to you. How can they, how, well, I'm not going to open up to you. You wouldn't understand that I've just failed or I'm terrified to do this or I'm uncomfortable in this or, you know, it, why would they? Uh, and that's been a major lesson for me and a lot of people that I've worked with uh, and some people that have gone through really hard family things. They thought they were leading by setting that perfection, fearless. And look, there's probably there's a time and a place for that. You know, you got in combat. Yeah. But in everyday life, that's that's not going to mesh. You know what I mean? So um, that's something, you know, don't don't aim for perfection. Talk about your real estate failures. My sons know when I've screwed up a deal like, ah, oh, shit, this didn't go the way I thought it was. And we're, we're behind on that. And hey, we've put in money into this deal. These things haven't closed yet. So we're in a cash crunch right now, guys. Like I got to wait for things to come back. I'm very honest with my kids. Doesn't matter if you're what level you're at, but everyone that I know still has these ebbs and flows of cash flow and reserves and this deal going right, this deal going wrong. I tell my kids this. In fact, my two oldest, they we have our you know meeting with our CFO every Thursday. I let them sit in. They're going to hear honestly what was going right, what's going wrong. And I will say, hey, I screwed this up. I should have done this. I should have waited for that to close. I shouldn't have gone into this. I should have done more diligence on this. Hey, this one went really right. I've worked with this person, but they know. And that way they have a feel. Because also imagine as an entrepreneur, guys, if we're only showing our, our highlight real estate deals and they start going into it and they're like, man, I'm nothing like mom or dad. Like they only had these highlighted deals and we hit all these other ones from them. They're going to know it's part of the game, you know? So it's, it's really important to just, you know, lay it all on the table and let them see it because that's how they're going to get reality. David calls it the Insta life. You know, we, we don't want to just have the Insta life uh, on, on, on social media. We want to be real and be vulnerable and, need to bring that to the family and the kids too. I, I love it, man. Jim, I, uh, we could probably talk for another hour, um, but I know we both, both have schedules we got to get to. Um, I, I don't want to, uh, miss, um, all the things that you're doing. If you could just tell our audience about, uh, I, we talked about your book a lot, but I know you have, you have some courses, you have another book coming, um, you speak, um, where can all of our listeners go and find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. Um, the family board meeting you can find on Amazon, uh, no problem. There's also an Audible version if people like Audible. It's a nice short book. That's why I made it for us ADD entrepreneurs. It's got some good meat though, so don't worry. It's not not a long read. And then uh, 18summers.com, you can learn more about us, different programs that we do, different speaking that I do. Our next book is coming out uh, probably mid-year called The Passive Income Playbook. 
Um, nice. You know, it's about how did my wife and I, you know, through real estate, build up our our passive income to be able to help others do the same and create a legendary family life with our five kids. You know, because that's that's what it's been about for uh, for me is leveraging my real estate investments to have a legendary family life, and uh, and and that's that's my goal, and that's that's what I try to live. That's awesome, Jim. Hey, th- thank you so much. I really look forward to the next book dropping. I'm sure it's going to be full of some gems. And and I just want to thank you. Uh, just take this opportunity to thank you and affirm you. Uh, it, this book is changing lives. Uh, so grateful. You know, I thank God that you decided to do something you didn't want to do and write this book and push it out. And, and all the work that you're doing with families. Uh, I truly don't think that you are ever going to realize the full impact of uh, that you're making on other people's lives and their families. And then generationally, right? You, the the fact that I'm reading this book, my wife is reading it right now. We're going to implement, you know, starting this month, we got three kids. So it works out perfect to meet with one every quarter and then uh, do it with my wife as well. Um, you know, for, for us, it's just very, it's going to impact our family. It's going to impact our children's lives and it's going to make differences that, that you will never realize. And so I just want to thank you and, and just encourage you in that, that you're, uh, making a huge impact and and it's, it's inspiring and, and we're just very grateful for you. Cool guys. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, keep up the good work. And my only, you know, parting close is, is a mentor of mine named Dan Sullivan is we'll look out at the horizon and, you know, be you know, let's say you're on the boat, we're all going out towards the horizon. We're like, damn, the horizon's still far away. But if we just turn around and look behind us, we're like, man, we've come pretty far off the shore, though. So I got to, you know, once in a while, stop looking at the horizon and look behind it, how far we are offshore. And we're like, yeah, we've, we've covered some good ground, you know, and that's been important for me and hopefully others that will relate to, you know, once in a while, look back, see how far you've come offshore give yourself a little credit. Cause I got a secret for you. The horizon is going to keep being kind of far away. Yeah. <laughs> that horizon never uh, gets closer. That's awesome, man. Hey, Jim, appreciate it. Like David said, this has been awesome guys and gals check out 18 summers.com. If you haven't read the family board meeting, it's an absolute must read uh, for 2023, get it, read it, implement it, start doing those with your family. It's important. Um, we'll put uh, the links in the show notes. Uh, if you like this, share it. Tell somebody about uh, 18 Summers, the book, uh, screenshot it, share it, tag us and tag Jim. uh, And most important, go fill the storehouse. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Thanks, friends. Make it a great day. See ya. See ya. Awesome, awesome episode. Absolutely love chatting with Jim and uh, just the family board meeting. Incredible book, great resource. And and I'll tell you, man, I, I think that you know, the, the level of intentionality of doing something like this, reading this book, of taking our kids out, of 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 having these board meetings, hugely impactful, and, and and it'll enrich your life. I mean, at the end of the day, taking these steps will enrich your family's life, will enrich your life. And dude, it's, it's possible, man. It, it is absolutely 100% possible to have a thriving business, to be an entrepreneur, to live your purpose in that realm, and also to be an amazing dad, to be an amazing husband, to have a thriving home, you can do it. And and I love it. Yeah, man. The cool thing is it's easy. It really is. Like It's such a simple concept. You just have to actually take action and do it. And you just have to put it on the calendar, schedule it every 90 days, and just make it happen. And it's so easy. And um, we want more people to be doing this. We are promoting this idea and the concept to make 
family a priority, to make your children a priority. Um, and this is the stuff we're talking about inside the Storehouse Mastermind. We promote this book. We promote this idea. We tell people to schedule it, to do it, and they are. And, and, and it's changing men's lives and it's changing families' lives. Just the simple concept of doing a family board meeting, doing a date day with your wife, doing a date day with your kids. It's powerful. Um, if this sounds interesting, we're looking for more men that want to make this a priority, that want to have a powerful business and a powerful family life all at the same time. Uh, we're taking more applications. If you want to go to storehouse310.com backslash mastermind and hit that submit now button, that join now button. We want more men that are taking action to make families uh, an amazing uh, part of their life every day. Do it. Go. Go. Take action. Be intentional. Do something about it. Be different. Be better. See ya. See ya.